Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, it's finally here. The NFL season, the Bucks season, they begin practice this morning at 8 a.m. Perhaps by the time you're listening to this, they are underway at the Advent Healthcare Center. Tom Brady for his 23rd season coming back to try to win another Super Bowl. And Joey Knight, my colleague, joins me now. Joey, it's over. They're the Super Bowl champs. Uh, I've got them winning the NFC about 14-3. and three, And it all came together on the eve of training camp when they made the signing of Julio Jones. <laughs> and since we last spoke, Rick, I think they now have signed Jerry Rice and John Stallworth. So <laughs> if Tom Brady doesn't have a, a, a good enough receiver room now, I don't know that he ever will. It's a, it's really amazing. I mean, listen, uh, if you just looked at what Julio John Jones has done the last two years, have not done, um, you know, he's missed 14 games because of injuries. He's, he's what, 32 years old, I think, 32 or 30. 33. Yeah. Um, one of the all time greats, no question about it. Uh, in fact, he's the, he, he, if he's going to play this year, he would be the active career receivers leader over 13,000 yards. Certainly he has destroyed the bucks throughout their career, uh, throughout his career in Atlanta was with the Titans a year ago. And that's interesting in and of itself because the general manager there is one of Jason light's best friend and was his assistant general manager. And that's John Robinson. Who, who brought in Julio Jones with, with a lot of hopes and expectations. And unfortunately, again, his body didn't hold up. He had hamstring injuries. He went on IR. In fact, his only touchdown pass, Joey's only touchdown reception came in week 18 in the final game against the Texans, if right. you can believe that. So it didn't work out for Tennessee. But I will say this. What usually doesn't work for the Bucks and for Tom Brady, right? Um, he comes here in a different role, a different situation, and at minimum, it's it's pretty good insurance um, because you don't know the role of Chris Godwin. We'll get into him. He obviously um, is going to start training camp, be somewhat limited, but he's not going on the physically unable to perform list. And that was the headline I thought we were going to have uh, heading into camp today. Uh, but there's more to it than that. But if Julio Jones is able to come here uh, with, you know, with the addition of Russell Gage, so they got two-thirds of Atlanta's receiving core from a couple years ago um you know and and he's not counted on really to to play receiver one two or maybe even three we'll see um but you know you can manage sort of his reps you can you can certainly uh not have the expectation that he's going to go out there and and you know make 11 catches for 200 yards every game but it's very similar to me in what they did without the baggage really with antonio brown I, this kind of is reminiscent of that to me Rick, I think this is all about insurance because fresh and raw in their minds is last December uh, when they lost Chris Godwin. He mangled his knee against the Saints. You yeah. had the Antonio Brown fiasco. Gronk was really about half or two thirds of a Gronk because mm-hmm. he, you know, he was playing with very sore ribs after fracturing his ribs in week three against the Rams. So you had a very depleted receiving core. 
last December. Really, just nobody uh, that Tom Brady had really had a clairvoyance with, except for Mike Evans, that he was throwing to. So if you want to maximize what, you know, what plausibly is Tom Brady's last season in Tampa Bay, you want to get him just as many weapons in that room as you can. You know, we heard that Chris Godwin was going to be cleared for training camp. And after the news of Julio Jones broke late Tuesday afternoon, (laughs) this is such an embarrassment of riches right now, barring injury right now. But you think about it. And Tom Brady is the GOAT. There is no question of that. And he's the impetus behind all this because these guys want to come play with him. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. But if you give an offensive room that includes Mike Evans and Russell Gage and Chris Godwin and Kyle Rudolph and Julio Jones and Leonard Fournette and Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs to a number of quarterbacks in this league, they're going to have a good chance to go to the Super Bowl, whether it's Matt Ryan or Justin Herbert or Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson. You surround them with this kind of talent, they're going to have an outstanding chance of going to the Super Bowl. And what they've done is ensure themselves and maximize what likely is Tom Brady's last year uh, in Tampa Bay. Maximize the opportunity for success. And, you know, I think obviously everything, uh, the sun revolves around Tom Brady and, and down here and everywhere in the NFL. He's going to be 45 next week. I don't know that you could do this with any quarterback. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've seen situations like even Ryan Tannehill. I think there was a lot of pressure even when you bring in a Julio Jones to Ryan Tannehill, uh, who's a veteran quarterback in his 30s. And, and you know, that team was, was primarily run uh, through Derrick Henry anyway uh, as a run-first team. But, but I always think that, you know, certain guys, um, Baker Mayfield, right, uh, mm-hmm. you bring in – you bring. In, I saw it happen with Jameis Winston and, and Deshaun Jackson – there are some quarterbacks who will feel automatic pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got this superstar. Maybe he's in his last legs. He's trying to win a Super Bowl before he's done. And the pressure to get him the ball. Um, and, and that's what's sort of the beauty of, of Brady and where he's at now in his career. It is, and it has been for a while, but it is a zero-sum game. You know, Brady was not making the personnel decisions, I don't think, in New England, or he'd have had much better players around him. Right. Belichick did it Belichick's way. You take you take what I give you and you're going to like it and ask for more. And right. that's sort of the way they went about their business. Well, ever since he's come to Tampa Bay, what has Jason Light said no to? Um, you know, <laughs> nothing. I, I mean, virtually zero. And I don't think there is anything he would say no to. I mean, right. this is the eve of a training camp signing. Right. Like it's incredible that we were just hours away from them having their first practice when not only do we find out that, you know, Chris Godwin isn't going to be on PUP to start training camp, which is great for him and for the Bucks, but also, oh, yeah, we've added a Julio Jones. And I think Brady can make it work because there's not, you know, and it all started with really with Mike Evans and the unselfishness that he showed back in 2020 when this started with Rob Gronkowski, right? And then <laughs> Antonio Brown and then so on and so forth. And you never heard one complaint from Mike Evans because he was tired of losing. You know, right. he, he'd, he'd been one of the best receivers nobody ever heard of because he wasn't on national TV. His games were all at 1 o'clock. Uh, they had never made the playoffs, really had one or two winning seasons since he had been here. And then Brady shows up and everything changes. But it changes because guys like him are willing to say, cool, I'll 
I'll play my role. I, I don't have to catch every ball. Let's go win. And I think that's really the sauce is that everybody has so much respect for that quarterback that regardless of who is playing the X, the Y, or the Z, he's going to throw the ball to the open guy. And he's going to expect you to run the right route. And he's going to expect you to catch the ball. And it's it's that sort of, you know, uh, singularly driven offense and team in some respects that everybody is is willing to pull the rope the same way, and and these it's you know these are these are the kind of guys you can get um, because they figure you know look this could be the last year Julio Jones ever plays. Um, he's got one more, and the ironic thing about it is Julio Jones would have a ring if not for Tom Brady. I mean, right. Right. he was on he was on that Super Bowl team where the Atlanta Falcons led 28-3, to and he made one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history that nobody will talk about on third down when he dove out of bounds and grabbed this ball. Um, but because Tom Brady engineered the greatest comeback of all time, he's got no hardware. Well, now he's going to try to get that back, you know? And it's right. just it's a great story uh, if it comes to fruition. But I go back to what doesn't work out for Tom Brady? I mean, granted, last year he couldn't overcome all the injuries they had. But you're right. This is his attempt to say, not now, not this year. We're going to be deep. But what are we deep with? We're deep with experienced players. We're not pulling Bashard Perriman off the waiver wire. He's already on the roster if they want to make use of him. We're not, you know, necessarily going to have to rely on a guy, um, you know, in um, uh, oh shoot, Cyril Grayson, who is right. a track star that has never played before, uh, you know, and and, and instead. You, you've got, you know, four bona fide Pro Bowl caliber. I know that Russell Gage hasn't made one, but Pro Bowl caliber receivers uh, and some that are going to go to the Hall of Fame. And that's that's what Tom Brady is like in what this could be, you know, what could be his final year in football. And I think you touched on something, Rick, that was has kind of been overlooked amid this infusion, this talent infusion that we've seen here recently and you touched on it briefly, the unselfishness of Mike Evans. Now, mm-hmm. Tom Brady's fingerprints are all over these moves, and they have been the last two-plus years. Yeah. But surely Jason Light has enough respect for Mike Evans that he's going to run it by him. He doesn't need Mike Evans' stamp of approval, but he's going to run it by him. Hey, we're planning on bringing this guy in. And right. Mike Evans hasn't made a whimper. Because like you said, he's all about winning. He's He is not the... He is not the stereotypical NFL receiver diva that we read about. He is, to, to quite the contrary, he has been a bastion of unselfishness during his time here in, in Tampa Bay. And his, his willingness to let these guys into the room, to play alongside them in the, you know, in the singular quest for that ring, I think is a big key to this. You know, uh, I, I still think he, he's receiver one. I think he's got an excellent chance to have his ninth consecutive 1,000-yard season, but he's going to have to give a little if everybody stays healthy, and he's willing to do that. And that's a big key to this because, you know, you can have all these stars, but we've seen it a million times, you know, how, how chemistry goes out the window when you start bringing in, you know, one star into the locker room after another. A big key to that chemistry is Mike Evans and his unselfishness and his willingness to, you know, to accept the, these other guys coming in and just making it, you know, the sum of its parts instead of just one single guy. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think he established that the year that they won the Super Bowl. And so he's willing to do it again because he, he wants to run it back. And he wants another ring. Um, he's heading into his ninth season. Un- unbelievable what he's accomplished with eight straight thousand yard season and an NFL record that he could add to. And he's on an arc that will take him to the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he's going to eclipse 10,000 yards if he stays healthy this year, which used to be sort of the used to be sort of the the milestone that you needed for entry into the Hall of Fame. Of course, now that it's a passing league, you've got a guy like Julio Jones with over 13,000 yards. But there's not many players, you know, not not that many players that have less than uh, or that have, you know, 10,000 yards or more that aren't in the Hall of Fame. So Mike's on that on that path. But what's going to be interesting to me is sort of, you know, we can't forget what they lost, right? Right. They lost Rob Gronkowski, um, you know, the, the greatest – tight end of all time in all probability to based on whatever measurement you want to throw out there. But more than that, the most reliable pass catcher Tom Brady has ever played with. Right. Correct. And he's won four Super Bowls with that player. And lo and behold, Gronkowski says after coming back and playing two years, having been retired until Tom chatted him back into it, says, I'm done. And we have to take him at his word. And in fact, you know, they go out and they, they sign Kyle Rudolph of the giants. Who's another veteran player, 30, 32 years old, um, a guy looking for a ring, signed a very cap-friendly contract, can make as much as $3.5 million, a million and a half of that in incentives, in-line, you know, wide-type blocker and all of that. But he's not Rob Gronkowski. There's no. nobody that's on this roster to Tom Brady that is Rob Gronkowski. And if you if you look at the tight end position in general, you know, between him – and O.J. Howard, they lost over a 1,000 snaps at tight end. Right. Now think about that. And Cam Brate was on this team. He's still on this team, but he might have a, an enhanced role as a pass catcher. They lost a 1,000 snaps, even though Gronkowski was injured last year from the tight end position. Sure, Kyle will take many of those, and they got some young guys that they're very hopeful of developing uh, along with him. But what I'm wondering is, if you look at the makeup of this team, who are your best pass catchers, Right. All yeah. of a sudden, you don't have Gronkowski, who would be one of the top five, right, or one of the top four, if you include the running back. So now you wonder, okay, if they were all healthy, and, and they rarely are, but if they were all healthy, could you see a lot more of three, maybe sometimes four receiver sets? Could they do it a different way based on their personnel and the strength of their team, which now suddenly becomes the wide receiver position where they're very deep, at least – maybe to start training camp. So it'll be interesting to see sort of how they how they manipulate. It's all based on the opponent, right, and matchups and who you're going to play. And I personally think they're going to run the ball a lot more than they ever have. That's another aspect of Julio well, Jones. Yeah, that's 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 something I, I, I was going to raise. We have, we have presumed going into this season, Brady, who turns 45 next week, and a head coach now in Todd Bowles, who, mm-hmm. is, who is very uh, – cozy with 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 a good solid run game as he proved proved with during his time with the jets no doubt we kind we kind of presume that this would be a team that would would show some offensive balance uh i'm sure tom brady is not interested in throwing 40 to 45 times a game at this juncture of his career and he's got you know he's got some some options in the backfield and the moves they've made here in you know just in the last week or so kind of flies in the face of that, you know, um, that they, they might still do that. You, you might see a balanced offense and you might see a game or two where they grind it out and just, 
give the ball to Bell Cal Lenny and give Tom, you know, a little reprieve in terms in terms of his arm. But when you've got all these all these guys now out wide and you know, you've got the you've got the capability of doing three and four wides, it, it kind of flies in the face of that of that philosophy. So I'm going to be interested in seeing just how that transpires over the initial weeks of the season. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and I think that, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Charlie Weiss. I was doing this thing on NFL Network. Of course, Charlie was his coordinator in New England for a lot of the early years. And I said something about along the lines of, well, I really think that Brady doesn't want to lead the league in pass attempts with 716. He's 45 years old. You know, how many hits do you want to take? And all of that. And he goes, whoa, whoa let me stop you right there. And I go, what? He goes, Tommy wants to throw the ball on every play. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, but he is 45. No, 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 Tommy would throw it on every play. But you know what? Maybe he will throw it on every play, but maybe it won't be seven-step drops. Maybe right. it won't be, you know, five eligible all the time. Maybe he'll do it a different way um, and, and still, you know, get his pass attempts in. It's just, you know, the the New England Patriots and to some degree the Bucks when they're rolling have kind of been this amoeba team that, you know, can morph itself into anything, you know, what do you want to do? You want to play too deep all day? Okay. We'll run the ball. You know, you want to play press coverage. All right. We'll throw it over your heads. You want to play in, you know, that's, that's the way Brady looks at the game. You play inside leverage. I throw it outside. You play outside leverage. I throw it inside. Sounds very simple, hard to execute, but not if you're Tom Brady, not if you're the most, you know, accurate uh, and winningest passer of all time. And and I just I just think like he can't have enough pieces around him, um, and you know it's clear it's a zero sum game, and everybody's excited about the name right Julio Jones. Ooh, Julio Jones. Right. We haven't seen Julio Jones be Julio Jones in about three years. Right. But but all he needs is one season in a different role. You know, yeah. all he needs is uh, to be a contributor to a team um, that needs to win thirteen, fourteen. And look, I. I'm not a gambler, Joey. I don't know about you, but those guys in Las Vegas build really big hotels with lots of, of uh, you know, sort of gold and, and all kinds of chandeliers and things because they kind of know what they're doing. And uh-huh. the Bucks have been installed by many people in Las Vegas as the favorite to win the NFC. And this was before Julio Jones was signed. Right. He could be, he could be you know, one of the greatest complimentary players this franchise has ever seen, because like you say, he's in a different role. You keep from, you know, keep the wear and tear off his body. It's just, I'm fascinated to see how this plays out, how Mm -hmm. they evolve or don't evolve from week to week, you know, whether just, just to see the run pass balance, uh, just to see the formations, just to see how all this unfolds week to week, because now, like you said, they have the potential to, to really do anything they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 the focus is is now uh, as you start training camp today squarely on on September 11th in the Dallas Cowboys. I don't expect Chris Godwin will be available. Uh, as I mentioned, you know he was not uh, placed on the physically unable to perform list. Now there's some reasons for that. Um, and in talking to the Bucks about it, it it's not that we're going to see him trot out there on Wednesday morning and do everything they do, right? In right. terms of, you know, oh, you're cleared for full football activity, full speed go. You're not going to see that with Chris Godwin. It's but only been seven months. That's it. He had surgery January 3rd. Yeah. Right? I mean, and, and it, not just one ligament, two, ACL and MCL. 
Right. Now there was a report that, you know, a little while ago, um, that he was running 19 miles an hour, which is phenomenal if it's true. And secondly, that's straight ahead speed. That's not cutting and, and, and anyone diving at your knees trying to, you know, knock you on the ground. Um, but the key to this whole thing with respect to him and Levante David, who's coming off Liz Frank injury, not going on PUP is this. If they were starting the, the preseason on the physically underperformed list, they're not allowed really on the field with the team. Mm-hmm. They can't do walkthroughs. They right. can't do individual drills. They can only work on the side with a trainer. Okay. And so while I don't expect to see, you know, them line up in seven on seven, right, necessarily, at least in Chris's situation, and, you know, run a full period. Uh, he can be involved, though, on the field in the install. He can be involved in the individuals. And they will take their time and, and try to build him up on the side, you know, from a physical standpoint until he's able to to play. Whether that's September 11th or not, I don't know. I don't expect to see him in any preseason games. Why would you risk that? Right. Why would you risk a guy coming off ACL surgery, taking a hit over the middle of the field and, and dying for a, a lost cause? Um, so, again, I th- I look at this, too, the, the news today is like optimistic on the one hand with Godwin, but realistic that they're going to need more than just Mike Evans and Russell Gage, right? Like, right. And that's where Julio Jones is signing now makes sense to me because you can't be sure when Chris Godwin's going to be ready. Um, and you can't be sure you're not going to suffer another injury. The good news is they're very deep. I mean, they were deep before signing Julio Jones. Now let's handicap that receiver room. Okay. Oh, goodness. I mean, embarrassment of riches is a nice way to put it with the four guys that we all know that have been to the Pro Bowl. How about who's number five, right? Who's wide receiver five? Well, you would say, well, that guy's got to play some special teams. Maybe. And if that's the case, then Jalen Darden has to be somebody that's in that mix. If he's going to win the special teams job, he, he, you know, to make this team, he's going to have to be the kick returner. But yep. if he's not, there's plenty of other guys that are vying for that same spot. And you wrote a, about one just the other day who I thought is a fascinating story is the undrafted rookie from Utah State. Devin Tompkins. Absolutely. And, and you know, suddenly, all of a sudden, after what we've seen in the last 24 hours, that may be the most intriguing battle position battle of training camp. And, and there yeah. are a handful of them, but suddenly that number five spot, because you've got Brashad Perryman and mm-hmm. Cyril Grayson, they're not off the street anymore. They've been in the no. system. They've earned a level or degree of Tom Brady's trust. They won games. They both won walk-off touchdowns. Yes, in they this, did. In essence. Yes, they did. Uh, Jalen Darden, who we've heard so far this year during the, the mini camps and the mandatory mini camps is coming along and making progress because he really was not a blip on the radar last year. Let's be candid with each other. He played, yep. but he really didn't have an impact. But That's from right. what we what we've heard, he has made significant strides here in year two. And Devin Tompkins, you know, when Todd Bowles during the mini camps, during the rookie mini camps, he was asked the obligatory question, hey, who has stood out to you? Mm-hmm. And generally 99 times out of 100, a coach is going to say, well, they all look good. You know, <laughs> I, right. I don't like to single anybody out. They, right. They've all had their moments. But immediately, without hesitation, when he was asked that question, who stood out to you? He said, Devin Tompkins. I'm really excited to see what he does in pads in July when we get the pads on him. So that, that just kind of that raised my antenna 
as if to say, wow, this guy has really made an impression. If a guy like Todd Bowles, who's very diplomatic and doesn't show his hand, is singling him out. So you've got him in the room. Who else are we talking about? Jareth Stearns. I think you've written about him, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so led the nation in, in, uh, in, in receiving yards and touchdowns. And let's not forget the forgotten guy, Scotty Miller. Who, Absolutely. You know, a couple years ago made some pretty significant catches for, for this franchise. And, you know, after that turf toe injury that he battled most, if not all of last season, he's been kind of, the forgotten man and cast aside, but by all indications, he's healthy again. Who's to say he doesn't he doesn't make a run up in this training camp? So I think that number five receiver battle suddenly is the most intriguing of camp for my money. And you still have Tyler Johnson, who they drafted Tyler, and had forgot about high that. expectations for, and for two years he hasn't fulfilled them just yet. But he knows, as well as anybody in that receiver room, you can do the math. You can look around and see who's in that room. And when you see Julio Jones and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Russell Gage, you're suddenly starting at five, yeah. right? Like you're not even considering, hey, am I one through four? You're going, there's maybe one, maybe two at the, at, at, at the most three. And let's see if they carry a few practice squad receivers. But it is really, really competitive in that room. And injuries happen and things like that. Um, but all of a sudden they got the depth where Tom Brady really wants it. Um, and, and, you know, there are other storylines to this camp, not the least of which, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because I made the mistake of saying something in the podcast in the first place. But, um, you know, what is Lenny, Lenny Fournette's bathroom scale going to say this morning, right? Like um, he, he admitted to being 240-something, 245. I asked a coach if it was more like 250-something, and he said more. And then I made a comment on this podcast that coaches weren't happy with him. They weren't when he showed up to the mandatory mini camp a donut shy, maybe it was a dozen donuts shy, of 260. Um, clearly, he's not 260. He's had a really good sense of humor about it. Uh, he's not worried about tomorrow and what his weight is, but he says by September 11th, and look, in this heat, it's likely to be the case that he'll be ready and he'll be down to the weight that he wants to run. He was never a guy that, you know, the program might say 228 or 230, but let's be honest, he probably plays closer to 240 anyway. Um, so you're not talking about a guy that had to shed 30 pounds, more like 15. Uh, and the recent and photos we've seen of him, he looks, looks closer to that 240 yeah, playing weight right no now. No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, and I would expect that and good on him. And it will all have a big laugh about it, I'm sure, uh, if and when he talks out right. there uh, about that. But it looks, and he's going to be pushed too. Um, this rookie, Richard White, I'm as mm-hmm. excited to see what he can do when the pads come on and just what a quick study he is, which would be the key, right? Whether he can pick up. Um, the blocking assignments, I know that he gives them something they don't currently have, and that is a running back that you can split out into uh, at a wide receiver in a slot position and create a matchup with a safety or a linebacker in an option route that he can win. He's a six foot, 210, 215-pound guy, a very smooth route runner, great hands, natural pass catcher. Lenny caught a lot of balls, but they're all in the screen game or out in the flat. This guy can actually win in routes, and I think Tom Brady has long missed that since he left New England with some of the guys he had up there and James White and others. And so that that's that's going to be a competition. Keyshawn Vaughn wants a spot on this roster. You've right. got Giovanni Bernard coming back off his injury, and he's caught a million footballs as well. So it's a competitive running back room. And, and some guys who Bucks fans, whom Bucks fans have become 
familiar with over the last couple of years are not going to be here September 11th. That's it's, right. It's going to be very intense. And, and we may have just mentioned one or two of them. I, I'll tell yeah. you what about Richard White. And, and you spoke of him at, at length, Rick, and you've written about him. I don't think this kid lacks confidence and it's a no. good kind of confidence. And I don't think he came here to sit the bench. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, of keeping his head down and earning Tom Brady's trust, you know, through, throughout these next few weeks of, of camp and, and, you know, in the preseason and maybe early in the season. But, you know, I, I don't think he came here to sit around and bite us. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Time. We talked a lot about offense and rightfully so. We'll spend just a few minutes on defense before we go. Um, you know, they, they made a calculated uh, gamble in the off season and I think it's going to pay off for them, but they, they looked at their team last year and they realized um, despite not just the injuries in the secondary, but overall, especially up front, they were not as, as athletic and certainly not as young as they needed to get. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was an, an, an aging football team that had won a super bowl. They brought everybody back, but in Domicon Sue has played 12 seasons, not getting any faster. JPP has had his run of injuries really the last two years, but certainly last year with the torn labrum just couldn't do much. Um, And so it kind of pressed guys like Joe Tryon Shawinka, who they had drafted in the first round into service, but they moved him all over the place in part because they wanted to be more athletic inside. So then they go and they decide not to resign in Domicon Sioux, but they bring in a guy like Akeem Hicks, veteran player, Mm-hmm. When healthy, and that's another big key because he's not been healthy the last two years for the Bears. But, you know, a a more um, active, better pass rusher, cheaper version of Indomitian Sue, but he's not going to be counted on to play 70, 75% of the snaps the way Sue did because, you know, then they went out and they drafted the kid from Houston uh, in, in Logan Hall and Logan Hall has gotten rave reviews. I mean, Warren Sapp worked with him for a couple of days in training camp and just and just raved about him. And I know Warren for a long time. He's really smart when it comes to the game of football. He doesn't heap praise on anybody uh-huh. that doesn't deserve it. And yeah. so he was impressed with Hall. So you, you look at Shawinka, who's going to have a chance to just be an outside linebacker where, where JPP was rather than move all over the place unless they need him to. And then you look at the rotation they have with Will Goldston, with Rakim Nunez-Roches, with Hall, with Akeem Hicks, and then, of course, Shaq Barrett and Anthony Nelson, who was really productive in the snaps that he had at outside linebacker. I think that they've gotten better and younger and faster and more athletic on that offense or defensive line. And, I, and I'd like to throw in another name, uh, a familiar name in this area, Deidre Sanat. Uh, kid who yeah. played at USF, one of the strongest players in program history. That's right. You know, he was drafted in the third round by the Falcons in 2018. He just got yes. dinged up by injuries and, mm-hmm. you know, just never really, never really um, fu- got a chance to fulfill, you know, his potential because, because of injuries set him back. But I could easily see Deidre maybe filling that role that was vacated by Steve McClendon as a Absolutely. guy, you know gives Vita Vea and Nacho mm-hmm. kind of a blow at that nose tackle job. So 
Mm-hmm. I'm like you. If I'm a Bucks fan, I feel really good about this rotation up front. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I'd stack it up with, with with any level of the defense at this point. They they got younger, yep. um, they got sleeker, but they mm-hmm. also got a little little more uh, solid and sturdy right there in the center of it. I, you know, I feel very good about that unit going into camp. Yeah, and we know about the two linebackers. Devin White needs to improve his game. We'll see what Levante David can give them. Um, you know, the backup is K.J. Britt, which has taken over the role that Kevin Minter had for years. So K.J. has to step up uh, because he's going to be counted on to play more, li- more likely than not at some point, maybe even early in camp as the starter. Um, but this is his chance, not a, not a fast guy like Levante or necessarily yeah. Devin White, but a good football player that, that has to be given an opportunity to see what he can do in that role where they've really helped themselves too, Joey, I think is in the secondary devastated by injuries last year. Coach Sherm came in here and did what he could do. (laughs) D Delaney became a really good football player and has had an outstanding off season. He's going to compete for some stuff. Um, And then just getting their guys back, you know, they, they signed Carlton Davis to a long-term deal. Um, You know, I, I think that Sean Murphy bunting who, you know, was really affected mentally, he he told me, by the injury that he suffered against Dallas. Had a tough mm-hmm. time coming back from that, playing with a harness and a brace on his shoulder, uh, was missing tackles. Um, you know, he's in a contract year uh, along with Jamel uh, Dean. And, and you know, and I, I just think it's a better group. But more importantly, look what they've done at the safety position. They lose Jordan Whitehead, who no doubt was a big loss for them, who went to the Jets as a free agent. But then they bring in some experience because Mike Edwards played a lot of football for them in various roles, nickel corner, extra safety, ball hawk, all of that to go with Antoine Winfield. But then they have a guy in Logan Ryan who can absolutely play. You know, having those veterans in this group, another guy that wants to win a ring before his career is over, win another ring. He won one with Tom Brady earlier. And Keanu Neal, who's a run stopper, who's a thumper, who's really an extra linebacker in certain situations. So you've got not just depth in the secondary, you got experience depth. You got guys that are hungry to win a ring. Um, the Tom Brady effect, even rubbing off on that side of the football. Uh, and, and I just think that I, I think with Todd Bowles knowing where he was deficient last year, knowing where he had to fortify his depth, uh, and then having what is no longer a young secondary. I mean, these guys now have been together four years, and, and in some cases, and Carlton Davis has been here five. So um, you know, really, there's no excuses, but. Man, the lack of communication was so glaring, and especially against the teams they can't beat. And this is a storyline won't be solved in training camp, but as the season goes on, their kryptonite are the New Orleans Saints and the Los Angeles Rams. Um, No doubt. They beat the Saints in the game that mattered during the Super Bowl run in the playoffs, you know, Drew Brees' last game. But really, Tom Brady, since he's been to Tampa, has not won a regular season game against New Orleans, who suddenly doesn't have Sean Payton, which is a big loss, and it's Jameis Winston's show coming off an ACL injury. Uh, And the Rams, they haven't figured out yet, and it's been primarily because of breakdowns, breakdowns in the secondary, letting Cooper Cup run free in Los Angeles in a breakdown, letting him do it twice to them in the playoff game. You know, that kind of stuff can happen with, with an experienced group of guys that have been together now four and five years. And so you hope that bringing in more veterans more accountability, uh, and finding a way to to sort of limit the chances that those high-powered offenses have. I think that's another thing that we're going to see where Todd Bowles' approach to maybe the game itself and playing more complementary football might pay off. 
And I think that's an intangible in their favor. And it is just an intangible. But Rick, those guys are ticked off. And they are, they are still, their psyche is still wounded by how the season ended last year. Don't tell me that's not going to motivate them during the, the swelter of July and August, you know, mm-hmm. in the dog days. I think just the memory of how last season ended is going to push them. It's going to push them out on the field, in, in the meeting room. And you talk about communication just in terms of getting on the same page, and, you know, not just not just, you know, in, in a in a big macro sense, but in a micro sense from play to play. I really think. They're driven by how it all ended last year, at, you know, in addition to their futility against the Rams, 0-3 since Brady arrived, and, of course, the, their futility against the Saints, as you mentioned. Uh, I think, you know, I want to talk – it's a cliche, but you want to talk a chip on their shoulder? Mm-hmm. I think they've got one going in – this defense going into this season just based on how last year ended and those two teams – how those two teams have had their number. And I think that's an intangible that's going to benefit them and drive them throughout the season. Unfinished business is what Tom Brady called it. We've got some unfinished business. We'll get to uh, my final thought on Todd Bowles in just a second. But first, uh, your electric bill is soaring like mine because my AC is running all the time. It's hot as it can be out there. Call our friends at May Electric Solar. It's a family-owned and operated company that's been installing solar electric systems for 12 years you know, in a field that has many of these fly-by-night companies, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and service warranty. Plus, every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products and conducts on-site testing so you can see exactly what they'll install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who's going to do the job for you. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 to schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long and preserve your quality of life and preserve your appliances through every storm season. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Final thoughts, Joey, is there's a new coach. And right. it's, a, it's a guy we know, and it might seem like the old coach, because he was the defensive coordinator, he's still going to call the defense. He has some new co- co-coordinators helping him with that task. But Todd Bowles is clearly not Bruce Arians for as long as he's been with him going back to a player at Temple. I'm really curious to see just how this will work. You know, he had his run with the New York Jets. He's, he uh, had one winning season there, 10-6 and six the first year, and then had no more winning seasons after that has interviewed for a bunch of jobs, never got a head coaching job. And Bruce Arians more or less, you know, sets him up so that this is a succession plan and says, once Tom Brady's coming back, here's your quarterback, here's your Super Bowl team, go get him. Um, but we've, we've spent enough time with Todd to know he is different in terms of how he's going to be with us. Uh, he's not going to call players out, I don't think, the way Bruce right. did um, right. on the podium at least. I know he'll do it on the field. He supposedly he's very sarcastic has a sharp tongue and really gets their attention. Um, but I, I don't know what game day Todd Bowles is going to be. Um, I know his sideline demeanor. I've seen him on the sidelines. I think he's better prepared this time around, and he's got the greatest quarterback of all time. But it's really interesting time, you know, in this what could be the final year, at least in Tampa, if not his career, to have Todd Bowles step in and say, yeah, all you have to do is go win a Super Bowl to make this work. <laughs> well, I, I- one thing he's got going for him is everybody's bought into him. 
He has the support of that entire locker room, and he he has from day one. He's a known commodity, and those guys Mm -hmm. trust him and like him. And the other thing is no no new coach in the NFL, none is set up for the success that he is in 2022. (laughs) It's all there for him. But I will say this. I will say this, Rick. As much of a delegator as Bruce Arians was, and we like to talk about how he was not a guy who burned the mid-eyed oil, quite the contrary, and he delegated quite a bit. That was one of his strengths. He had a wealth of football knowledge, and you cannot discount that. And that wealth of football knowledge with the headset on is not down there on Sundays anymore. And that, you know, that'll also Mm -hmm. affect his offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, who is – who has proven his chops here in the last three years, but now Arians is not going to be there beside him. He, he's flying solo. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're going to learn some things about these guys going forward in 2022. But I, I personally just don't think the absence of Bruce Arians can be discounted because, you know, again, people look at him, you know, he, he delegated a lot. Man, there's a reason he coached in the NFL for years and years and years because that guy knew his stuff. He knows how to set a tone. He knows how to address a team. He's still in the building as the assistant GM. He'll still be on the golf cart. I'm sure of that, but it will, it will be different. And it all starts today with the first workout uh, at the Advent Healthcare Center. Um, hard to believe that our, our uh, short summer is over and our long fall is about to begin, but that's, that's the case. Um, just reminder uh, to uh, call our folks at Amaya Electric Solar. Uh, they can save you a ton of money today. They're the solar energy experts, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. They give you a 30-year 30 30 labor and service warranty, plus you get $750 worth of surge protection. May Electric, 727-819-2862. Thanks so much for my uh, colleague, my co-host, Joey Knight, and for Derek Sharp producing for all of these guys, including Steve Burstick, who's on vacation. Uh, this is Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.